Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 74 of the Brother Sister Show. We are a family-owned and operated podcast where two siblings keep in touch by talking about movies. This week, we're talking about Livia's pick, This is Spinal Tap. But before we get into that, let's have a little chit-chat. What's new? What's happening? <laughs> How do you feel about the new format? Just... Um, I feel great. That's good. I feel great about it. I think, um, like... I didn't realize until now how much I <laughs> I didn't like the other format anymore because just of watching a movie, it felt weird to just. Um, I always it. like, I, well, yeah, I, I didn't have to pause it. And I kept I do still look at the fun facts because sometimes they inform like what I want to talk about. Right. Um, but it felt weird to not have to copy and paste. And then like in my brain. I just didn't realize how much it would change like the way I thought or the way I like thought I had to watch the movie for the podcast. Cause in my brain I kept being like, okay, so now, um, the Stonehenge like lowers onto the state, you know, like I feel like I, in my brain, I kept making notes about how I could like talk about this part and how I could go Uh, into a separate thing. So it was very nice to watch this movie and just watch it and then enjoy it. And um, pay attention to some of the things where I was like, Oh, I want to talk about that. And weirdly, um, one of the things I love now is that I'll, because typically for other movies, I felt like sometimes if you picked, if you picked one or if I picked one where I was like, fuck, like, what am I, what are we going to talk about? There was still that crutch of like, Oh, I'll just talk about what happened. And then I'll come up with something. Right. This one, every time I go into a movie, I really don't know what I'm going to talk about unless it's, I mean, uh, every time it's only been twice, but I feel like this (laughs) is going to happen where like whatever movie you pick next, I'm going to be nervous about it because I'm like, well, what if I can't find anything to talk about? But then as the movie goes further, I'm like, oh, I actually had to cut some things because I, there was only like one thing I'm going to talk about that I go super in depth on. Um, and I think it'll be good conversation, but yeah, either way, like, I I feel like it's, um, it's doing exactly what we wanted it to. Like it is changing how I, uh, watch movies now. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Good change. I already feel how good of a change it is, which is nice. But yeah. So I've watched that. I'm trying to think if there's any like life updates, but not really. Oh, I, I did. You called me before this and I told you about how I have, I just have like the, I had the weird urge to cut my hair and I just trimmed it a little bit. Um, but then I was like, I could just go to like, that's what you said. Like, just go get your hair cut. And I'm like, I know I need to, I, it's just so if somebody that's listening, well, you have curly hair, but it's different for guys. I think that ha- or not guys, but people that keep their hair shorter. Um, but because I have curly hair, I can't just go to like, a great clips or cost cutters like I, I could but i i don't trust them with my hair right um i mean i don't trust myself either but like <laughs> i have a lot less to lose i mean i guess i mean my hair does grow pretty fast so either way it'll be fine if they mess it up i just shave it all off you know yeah i mean i could do that too but i don't really want to but we'll see i'm gonna try to what usually happens is i'll i'll say like okay i'm gonna go get my hair cut I have to find a place and then I'll start and I'll get really overwhelmed. And then I stop. But yeah, we'll see. Maybe I'll just end up going to, 
because that's the thing too, is that I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm scared it's going to look bad. But then like, who cares? You don't go anywhere else. Yeah. I don't know. It, but even if I did, who gives a shit? Yeah. What do people, what, what's, what do people want to say? Your hair looks bad. Nobody cares. Well, I mean, now that we have video podcasts, like for sure, every single week. Yeah, on but YouTube, I don't care either. We can all make fun of you. <laughs> That'll be great. A great, a great segment. I'll just give you two minutes <laughs> to roast me. Yeah. But I, there was this one quote that I keep thinking about. I don't know who said it, um, but I heard it a while back where somebody said, nobody thinks about you as much as you do. Right. It's so true. And that's kind of freeing. Because no one cares. Because everyone's too busy thinking about themselves. Exactly. Like, and I, and, and then part of me is like, yeah, but people notice. But then I, I ask myself, like, how often do you think about somebody else's hair? Right. Even your, like your closest friend, how often do you think of their hair? And I'm like, never. (laughs) But yeah, I, I'm just stalling because I haven't, not stalling, but I'm just making time because I haven't watched any other movie really. Right now, I have YouTube TV, so I, huh? I was saying we're recording pretty early for us. I know. And I want to say we'll do this every time, but probably not. I mean, maybe, maybe with this new format. Yeah, maybe this is a new change. I hope so. Keep the movie fresh on our brain. I don't, we, it feels like we recorded like last minute every single time this whole this whole year. Which I'm not what are you gonna do? <laughs> but um, I'm watching uh, uh, before you called today or this weekend. I'm just like catching up on just a bunch of shit I need to do. Also, mm-hmm. I, I do. I did watch something. So I lied. But um, right now I'm watching YouTube TV and I'm watching a movie called He's Not That Into You. Right. Have you seen that? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's one of the, I love, I love just watching. The reason I got YouTube TV is not for anything specific. I don't even use the DVR part. I just love being able to browse and not have mm. to pick something. Just tell me what to watch. Yeah. And the amount of times I've seen this movie, so many times. Which one is that one? It's that movie with, it's like a bunch of couples. And you just follow their storylines. It has a bunch of celebrities in it, like Scarlett Johansson. Um, <laughs> do you ever do that thing where you like, it has a bunch of people and then you name one person, then everybody else like leaves your <laughs> brain. Bradley Cooper, Drew Barrymore, like all those people. Oh yeah. yeah okay. It's, it's a kind of, it's just a silly, not silly, but it's just a movie I like to watch when it's on. There's just so many of those where I'll just, I'll put it on anytime it's on. I don't even browse what else is on. But yeah, I'm I missed the Independent Spirit Awards. I'm very upset because I didn't know they were on. I also oh. did not know that the Oscars are tomorrow. That's tomorrow? Yeah. Wow. I don't know if I care though. I was gonna say maybe we should postpone this recording, but what's the what's the point? <sighs> They're gonna be Shit. disappointing at the very least. I mean, I don't know. The nominations are already disappointing, but I mean, if if you really want to, we could do like a bonus, but nah. eh. but yeah. Oh, but the the one movie I can remember that I watched is I watched um, Nobody, the Baba oh, movie. It was right. pretty good. I don't know. I was watching it during work, so I didn't pay as much attention, but I, it made me pause a few times to pay attention. And oh. I, it was entertaining. Um. Yeah, very interesting to see Bob Odenkirk is like a badass. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that before. Well, hi. Last night I watched Seventeen again. 
That's one of those movies. Where I'll just I'll watch that every once oh, in a while. Man, I love that movie. I showed Sebastian that movie for the first time a while back. It's a good movie. I feel like I've talked about it on this podcast. Like I feel like I've watched it. Like we've been recording for so long. I feel like must there's bound I, to I be. I watched it recently. Oh, I watched it yesterday. What a classic! Very good. Because it's actually funny. Have you seen what Zac Efron looks like now? <laughs> I have a okay, so I have like a I don't know. I have a weird thing about that. I just feel uncomfortable with how many people are talking about it. Like just leave them alone. Who cares? Yeah. It's it's so strange. And I mean it kind of goes into this movie a little bit, into Spinal Tap, like my notes for it. But like if you think about it, yeah, I guess he he looks weird. But like it's it's not weird in like the objective sense. It's it's very subjective because we're so used to a certain face, right? Like if yeah. it just popped up like that, then nobody would blink an eye. I mean, maybe, I don't know. But I don't know. It just, it's so, I can talk more about it a little bit later, but it's so strange to like, it's, it's like the whole thing we're talking about, right? That if I cut my hair, nobody's going to give a shit. But if I was, if I had a celebrity status, then people would. Right. And people care about like it's not even people caring about his face. It's that they're making comments about it and how like. Why would you do that to your face? Like, why would you whatever? It just I I don't know. I don't know why as a society we feel like we need to comment. At all. Like, who cares? And um, I don't know, like, uh, imagine that. Imagine being like doing something because you were like, oh, I'm very insecure about my jawline. I want to do something about it. And I have the means to. So I'm going to. And it's not hurting anybody. And then once you do it and people are like, like, (laughs) it's so sad. Like, why do we feel like we have the 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 need or the or quite frankly, the the right to do that to a person? He's a person. Very interesting. That stuff. I don't yeah. know. It just makes me feel gross because, like, I don't want people to talk about me. I don't want people to perceive me. I don't want to be perceived. People are, yeah, and then people are like, "Oh," and I can hear the argument being like, "Well, he's a he's a celebrity. He asked for that. Well, he didn't ask for people to comment on his face all the time. Like, it's his face. Leave him alone." <laughs> the only thing I took from the video is his eyes are very blue. Oh yeah, they look very blue. They've always been very very blue, and especially there's a. It feels like in certain movies they're bluer. Like I feel like in Seventeen again they're like the most blue that I can be. Yeah. We want, we want the most blue from you, Zach. Give us most blue. (laughs) And I mean, unless there's like, I don't think he's been, I don't know. He just, he feels like he's just somebody that's just, he's just minding his his own business. He also just been through a breakup, which is another thing. Why do I know that? (laughs) I I, I didn't didn't know that. Yeah. Cause people are like, I just seen TikToks about it. It just makes me feel really gross. I mean, I'm sure I've we've commented on people's appearances and it's not been nice, but I don't know. That just Zach was on top of the mind. Yeah. It was like unrelated that I watched 17 again. But it's just funny coincidence. Gotta see that face one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta see the face we all know and love. Um and then man up. Hmm. Just watched it. Right, what'd you think? I thought it was really good. I liked the, like the whole concept is good. The only thing I felt was weird is like in the end. Cause they're at like the anniversary party. Right. Yeah. And they just start like making out and then they go to, the, and then they just like the whole family watches them go yeah, into the restroom. Strange. But whatever. I mean, she, they, they know that she's been needing something. 
Yeah, it's weird. Mm, I don't what know. A weird I think dy- in a family dynamic, rom com, it's fine. I mean, you saw how they were the parents. <laughs> and- I feel like if I was in that movie theater watching it, I'd like look around, like, is this okay? <laughs> is this allowed? Exactly. But my okay, so my favorite part. I'm so glad you watched that movie. There's so many things I love about it. I don't know. Well, first of all, Lake Bell, the the main woman, she's mm-hmm. not British and she does a, a perfect accent. Really? Yeah, she's American. And her accent is amazing. Um and good for her. I I love so my favorite part, the reason I chose that movie for you is because it made me like watching Simon Pegg and anything makes me think of his speech at the very end is so mm. good. <laughs> Yeah, it's so cheesy, and he st- and I like when he starts crying, and he's like, "I, I'm over the edge. Don't, don't, don't do anything." Because they're like, "Aw," and he's like, "Please stop." <laughs> I'm gonna stop you there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I love. I think about that constantly. That one little scene. I'm probably gonna watch that today. Now I forgot about that, but yeah, it's just so good. It's it. I think it's the first time I saw a movie, and I was like, "Oh, that was actually like really pleasant, and yeah. not cringy." And I liked the, I feel like the, the leads had like a really good chemistry. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. Like they were, they were good together. And I like, and like you said, it's very, I haven't seen anything like that. Um, I do, I don't know how I felt about the stalker bit, but I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Towards the end. He was, that guy was pretty funny. (laughs) Good movie. Recommend it. Okay. I'm glad you liked it. I did. Besides that weird part at the end, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, other than that, I've been editing a lot. I've been getting less sleep. I don't know if you can tell, but I just, it's been awesome. We started a new thing, advertising it here. I don't know if I talked about it last time, but we're kind of going to put just the analysis of our like obviously the full episode on YouTube and everywhere else the video part where we're also going to be trimming like just the end bit like the analysis of the movie mm-hmm. making like a little video essay well, don't say um, me because I'm not doing anything yeah I guess so I'll, I'll be doing <laughs> you it. can own that yeah <laughs> uh the first one's out Shaun of the Dead um very good I didn't I was going to send you a draft beforehand, but it was like three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I need to get this out now. Like I was That's pretty fine. proud of it. it. Um, so go watch it, please. Let me know what you think. Let me know what worked, what didn't. How can they get to the YouTube? Uh, you can go to brothersistershow.com. And then we have a little, uh, all of our links are there. The little icons, just click on it. And it should be the latest ep- uh, upload. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how is that editing? Is it like I don't have you edited a video in a while other than the TikToks? Uh, other than TikToks, no. It was uh, the reason I worked on it so late is because I felt so excited. Like I was working That's- on it all day. Um, I was telling Kayla while she was in class, it's like this is awesome. Like I love this. A lot of. Uh, a lot of other clips from movies, a lot of YouTube to mp4.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that though. I think it was, I think it added a lot to it. I mean, the only note that I gave you, and maybe if somebody can give us advice on this, is is to have more of the audio from the clips that you 
like cut in. But I was like, I, I know why you didn't do that because of copyright. But that would have been cool. Maybe there's some sort of credit, like credit you have to give to people. I don't know. I try not to uh, this whole time. I've, I don't like to watch video essays for the movies we watch. Cause I just don't want to like regurgitate what they say, but maybe you should look at other people's and see what they do. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that. I think, uh, I, I also want to try messing around with more like transitions or not transitions, but like title cards, I guess. Mm. I like the ones that you did. Those are really cool. Yeah, those those are cool. But I feel like if I do them so much, they're just going to get over. I want to like specify yeah. them for the movie because I wanted. Like a blood splatter on the words, but I I had to deal with After Effects. It's just too much for me. Too much. Uh, too dumb for that. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't figure it out. Or too dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I guess once we get in a groove of how of like. Hopefully we can do them every Saturday, like record this every Saturday. Yeah. So you have the full week. Exactly. To do that. And honestly, or, hmm, I was going to say, I wonder if you should even put the full episodes out anymore, but I guess you've been doing that. So might as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm about to cry because I legitimately spent all last Wednesday a legitimate probably 13 up to 16 hours just uploading our old episodes like making them and uploading them okay but imagine if none of that was worth it <laughs> i'm gonna lose my mind i'm kidding i'm kidding no it's fine no i like them and i i would say i could help you the only thing i think too is to help um make a, a thumbnail like a branded one yeah but you can help with that because I, I just I really like that I just looked up Shaun of the Dead screenshot honestly <laughs> <laughs> well I mean if it works it works maybe people won't like that if it's branded nah I, I think know. it'll we'll, we'll come up we'll with figure something. out something yeah alright and with that let's cut to the break we'll be right back One of England's loudest bands is chronicled by film director Marty DeBerge on what proves to be a fateful tour in This Is Spinal Tap. Directed by Rob Reiner, written by Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, Harry Shearer, and Rob Reiner, starring Rob Reiner, Michael McKean, and Christopher Guest. I just realized that that's just, that entire thing is just all of their names, just in different orders. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta spice it up. <laughs> Uh, so this is Spinal Tap came out on March 2nd, 1984. Quite the date. Uh, other movies that came out on the same day were Against All Odds, Repo Man, and Over the Brooklyn Bridge. Critics gave it a 7.9 out of 11. I keep going and then I'll... On IMDb? Oh, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. A 95% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 92% on Metacritic. So a fun fact, I didn't do that. But a fun fact about IMDb and how they rated Spinal Tap is because it's like an homage to their amps going to 11. So yeah. <laughs> because people can rate it out of 10. Um, but for Spinal Tap, I mean, OK, so they you, you could still only rate this movie at one through 10, but they put like 11 as 
Just for the little bump. Yeah. Well, ju- no, just for like a joke, like a goof. <laughs> no, no, like, yeah, like, because they say that in the movie. Oh, for just a little Just for that little. Nobody can do above 11, but it's just there just in case. <laughs> so why don't you just make 10 a little louder? And then <laughs> <laughs> it just cuts. <laughs> God, this movie is edited so well. All right. Well, I guess I, I go first, right? Because it's. Yeah. This is, is your movie. Tell us about it. Um, Well, first, I guess we can get out of the way how we thought about it, because I absolutely loved it. Um, Yeah, I can't believe I've never I mean, I've heard of it, obviously, but I can't believe nobody's ever been like out of all the movies people can try to push me to watch. This wasn't one of them because it was so goddamn funny. I laughed the entire time. And even over like little dumb gags where I was I didn't think I would think it was that funny but I could not stop laughing like the whole you know that egg thing that it wouldn't his wouldn't open whatever (laughs) that was it wouldn't open that yeah when it didn't open I was like oh I know I understand that that's it's not gonna open but I thought at the very end it would or something or not the very end but I thought midway it would right the fact that it didn't I could not stop laughing and I don't know it just it feels like I've seen somebody say this about Key and Peele but how they their stuff is funny, but they take it to a point that's so absurd that you think it's not funny or you think it couldn't be funny, but it's like so, so funny. And that's what I felt like this movie did perfectly, especially just using that as an example. The Stonehenge. Or, yeah, but for that whole like opening thing, the thing, I don't know what I, I keep calling it an egg. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it was an but egg. Sure. It didn't open. And so he had to keep playing the song in that little confined space. But then the stage hand coming in and trying <laughs> to hammer it and then coming out with a blowtorch. Oh, it just every Perfect. time you think it can't you can't laugh anymore. And it just it gets you. It's really so good. Um, and well, what I mostly want to talk about um, is just the history. I feel like I keep doing history of things, but I got I have to like do the baseline of stuff. But I promise you, if we ever cover another mockumentary, I will do the history of mockumentaries again. But that's what we're going to do right now. Um, and so I thought another one thing that made me laugh and I don't know why, but I got a lot of this information from JSTOR. <laughs> Shout out to JSTOR. Shout out to JSTOR. I have not used JSTOR in so long. Um, but yeah, they have data. There's something called JSTOR daily where you can just have like little articles about certain things. Very interesting for your daily JSTOR needs. Exactly. And I did need it today. So there you go. So the first thing that I learned, um, is that a lot of things can be included in the category of mockumentary, which is why it's super hard to pinpoint where exactly this genre began. Um, some people say that it, came from Louis Buñuel's surrealist travelogue called Land Without Bread from 1934. And this movie, I won't get too much into it, but it has a wild story of its own. But basically, this this man released it as if it was like real. But in fact, it turned out to be a complete lie. But it wasn't known that it was a lie for a long time until somebody was like, so basically, it's about this like village that was super, super poor that they didn't even poor to the point where they'd never seen a loaf of bread, but it was all like fake. And I think it was him trying to turn, you know, trying to like turn the mirror on society and trying to like, not 
not sad, like, I don't know, making, I guess, poverty into a, into such a point that it's a parody so that people can like pay more attention. Um, but the people, but the thing about this is that the people in that town actually exist and that town <laughs> actually exists. So when people would come and visit, or I think this journalist came and visited and when it wanted to do like a festival there <laughs> to show that movie. And they were like, no, because this guy fucking ruined our town. Like he, this, it, like all the stuff that he made up in this movie, it wasn't, it's not true. It's and all so, sham. Yeah. And so that's how people found out that it was a mockumentary, not real. Anyways, that's like a whole nother thing. You can cut that out of the video essay. But so then we, after this, after this like weird film, we get into War of the War of the Worlds, which we've talked about in a past mm-hmm. episode, but it's a radio drama from 1938 that simulated an alien attack to a point that a lot of people, there's a theme of mockumentaries where sometimes people actually think they're real because of the format of them. I, I kind of thought this one was real just because yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't, I don't know all bands from the eighties. Well, that's a thing. I, I knew I think I knew that, well, first of all, I knew this movie existed, but like you said, I thought it was one of those that's like about a little, like a little known band. And I knew people thought it was funny, but I didn't know it was made to be funny. That makes sense. Right. I was like, there's no, the part where I realized that this wasn't real. I was like, there's so many, there's, these people are so dumb. There's no way this is, this (laughs) can be real. Well, that's something we'll get into a little bit later. But basically, today there's so many kinds of these movies, but they're not just in a fun, they're not just a fun way of telling a story, according to Cynthia Miller, who is the author of Too Bold for the Box Office, the mockumentary from big screen to small. So she says that mockumentaries are meant to breed discomfort through holding up a mirror to society. She says, quote, it is through that discomfort that we, as both the audience and the subject, reflect on our norms, values, ideologies, and ways of being. So to use this movie as an example, several rock stars that have commented have commented on what an uncanny act uncannily accurate spoof of the rock and heavy metal world this film was. Ozzy Osbourne said when he first watched the film, he was the only person who wasn't laughing. (laughs) Um, He thought it was real. Like you did. He thought it was a real documentary because even though these men are ridiculous, that's how a lot of them actually are. It's Um, crazy. A couple more. So you two guitarist, the edge said, quote, I didn't laugh. I wept. It was so close to the truth. Um, and then <laughs> there's a band. I don't, I don't know how to say this word, but a band called Marillion who had five drummers in the space of a year between their first two albums, which guitarist Steve Rothery later admitted was quote, like spinal tap. That that's where the part, I was like, there's no way this is real, <laughs> especially because all of them were dying. <laughs> I know, but that is like the funniest gag, I think. There's <laughs> a little stain. There's a little stain on the on the drum head. That's that's funny. So so good. And I read, I mean, fuck JK Rowling, but I read that <laughs> the reason that um she did, you know how like there's one professor, I think it's like the professor of the dark arts or whatever. The oh. reason that professor changes almost every movie is because of this movie, because of, like she was inspired by that. That's again, funny. Fuck her. Um, a great example of using, oh, so a great example of that, of like the ridiculousness and how like it's, it forces people to look at themselves is <laughs> the sandwich scene. So this is actually inspired by a Rolling Stone article that mentioned Van Halen wanted all of the brown M&Ms to be taken out backstage. 
And so that's why he incorporated such a dumb, like, <laughs> he was like, it's, it's fucking, it's it, a joke. It's falling apart. Yeah. If I fold it too many times, it's going to fall apart. <laughs> Terrible accent, but. No, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and to your point, I, I don't want you to feel too, you should feel a little bit dumb. I don't want you to feel too dumb. No, I, I do about feel About thinking that these, like that this movie is real because there's a, a history of people thinking that mockumentaries are real. Um, and it dates all the way back to 1957 when the BBC played an April Fool's joke with a segment about the Swiss cheese spaghetti harvest where farmers can be seen picking noodles, like spaghetti noodles from trees. <laughs> and even with something as dumb and ridiculous as that, they said they got hundreds of calls of people asking where they can get trees like that. And like that earnest awesome. calls. Yeah. <laughs> And even for Spinal Tap, so after the film opened, not only the like actual like musicians, but after the film opened, several people told Rob Reiner, who is the director of this movie and played the director in the movie, mm-hmm. which is confusing. Um, so they told him that they loved the film, but he should have chosen a more well-known band for the <laughs> documentary. Uh, <laughs> well, I, to be fair, I didn't think that far into it that it was real. I know I'm kidding but like when it came out that's I feel like I maybe if you didn't mark I don't know people will still think that though like I mean the thing I kept thinking of is because mockumentaries are are my favorite genres or one of my favorite film genres mostly in horror films but that's the same thing that happened in Blair Witch I mean I wasn't I don't think oh I know me and you weren't old enough to have like be in that Mm -hmm. but so many people by design didn't know that that was fake but right. i guess paranormal activity too even though it it was marketed as a movie not as a like as a horror film not a documentary people still thought it was real so i mean no matter what you do people are always going to think that um so like i said they're among my favorite movie genres and it's because of that because they perfectly mix the ridiculous moments like an amp that goes to 11 for no reason really um and the very real feelings that falling out with a close friend can bring like i i love the two um brought together and the best way to describe what mockumentaries bring to film is what miller says is quote a kind of truth just not the truth we were after it's a mirror shows you how weird you actually are the real society is yeah i mean not even just (laughs) the if you're a musician but if you worship one of these musicians right yeah um the next but i have like a part two for this but do you want to do you want me to go directly into it or do you want to do one of yours i want to just quickly talk because mine kind of is is a good um like segue, not segue, but it's a good in between where I was just thinking about the best mockumentaries because I'm so I f- glad you did that. Cause I, I was going to, but I, I'm glad I didn't. Cause there's so many mockumentaries. I feel like the ones that I've seen that were, I could see being heavily influenced mm-hmm. if not derivative of this one. Okay. Um, pop star, never stop, oh. never stopping. It just feels like after watching this, it's like, I see, I mean, it follows a, a, a pop star. So I was going to say, I feel like it's an update. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like a just as time. ridiculous, you know, the, the Bin Laden song. Yeah. But also 
just as I mean, they had the gimmicks too, like the Stonehenge. Right. Thing. They had the DJ that couldn't see, and he just plugged <laughs> in an iPod. Um, yeah, they had yeah. the falling out, and then the yeah. getting back together, the reunion. Exactly. There's seven days in hell. Absolutely oh amazing. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that that's peak right there. Um, I just wrote down some of my favorites. Um, some that we've actually talked about on this mm-hmm. podcast. So there's Lake Mongo right oh yeah amazing that one too. Um, that one is really hard to tell if it's a documentary or not yeah especially because it's like it feels so real in the mm-hmm. fact that you don't you don't really see the supernatural bit until the very end exactly so. i don't use this word lightly i try not to but i think that movie is genius i really do i know there. throwing it out there and the I know word. it means a lot coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, go on. Um, we have well, uh, I threw in the office because okay. I was looking. I was looking up. Um, if you look up mockumentaries, they'll have oh. they'll categorize it. They'll be like, mm-hmm. "Here's are the thriller ones. Here are the shows." Um, the office. I feel like it's it's a, a interesting take in, in the fact that it's like not only a show but it's uh i mean i don't want to i guess spoilers oh my god they talk about uh the office (laughs) whatever uh pam says i think someone says like how did you guys take an ordinary paper company and make this like whole story very interesting um my personal favorite surfs up (laughs) surfs up is a mockumentary that we have talked about on this podcast um and is quite legendary. Okay. It set a whole new precedent for mockumentaries, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me it's not a good mockumentary. Tell me. Um, it's fine. It's fantastic. But I will not give it the credit of setting a standard or whatever you said. <laughs> no, no. Whatever. It's just really good. And then you, you talked about it, the Blair Witch Project. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I can do just I didn't prepare these, but I can just like top of the mind. Yeah, there's Blair Witch. There's also a little known. I was going to say little well known, but that doesn't make sense. Little known movie um, called God damn, what was it called? I think it's called The Last Exorcism. That one is very, very good. I think and I know which of, one. Not a lot of people talk about it. I think that's what it's called. Hopefully, if not, you'll correct it, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I will. Yeah, there's the paranormal activity movies, obviously. There's um there's a lot of good horror films. Would you say Creep is? Yes. Yeah, Creep's good. Be? I was just I was just curious. And you know what else is a mockumentary? <laughs> is antisocial distance. I think it kind of is, no? Yeah. We did uh, get well, a lot of people, not a lot, but we got a few people that didn't realize it was not real. I, I could see that for sure. But yeah, I would say that it goes into that category. I mean, I wouldn't say it directly does, but I think it has elements of it. Oh yeah, for sure. Check it out. Antisocialdistance.com. Shen Quick little plug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now to mine, or do you have another one? That was it. Okay. So part two of my first deep dive is so we left off (laughs) like recapping we left off talking about how um 
mockumentaries are a kind of truth, but just not the truth we were after. So then that leads to the question, what truth does Spinal Tap tell us? And I can't tell you because I feel like it's a very, it could be personal, but this is kind of what I got from that. So at, at the surface, it gets everything right. Like we, we've said, a lot of musicians say that it's a very honest story about not just being in a band, but touring. Because um, even the cinematographer, Peter Smokler, was very confused about how funny the movie actually was because he said, quote, this is exactly what they do. Um, So to him, it was just like filming any sort of documentary. Um, But for the filmmakers, obviously, it was a lot more of a parody. Um, And what I mean by touring (laughs) or being in a band and touring is the touring bit, at least from what I've read, because I've never been on tour before, is just getting to the hotel and them being like, oh, well, we put you on the seventh floor with one room. We didn't know you wanted seven rooms. All right. like, that is something that's happens a lot or just like the like not being familiar with the venue. So getting lost, that's actually inspired by a true story where I think he was like an Ozzy Osbourne band. I don't know his band names, but like somebody, there was a band where they went to some venue and they went to the first floor to go to the stage, but then it wasn't there. And so they went to the second <laughs> floor and then it wasn't there. And they went to the fourth. And it ended up, yeah. But then they heard like in the movie, they heard people yelling for them and they were like, Oh God, like what's happening. Um, but then it ended up being on the third floor. So they <laughs> finally found it. Um, yeah. So, Spinal Tap to me was very revealing in a time that didn't have reality TV. So for us, I think we can kind of recognize all of the ridiculous things that are happening because we've been able to see it firsthand. Um, how exactly how hostile, spoiled, indolent, like all these like bad things that celebrities can be from their own lives. But there's something about a parody that strips all of that away. Because for reality shows, I mean, we want, I guess some of us want to think that they are fully reality, but I mean, we, we all kind of know that the producers can control the narrative to show that for instance, with the, um, also disclaimer, I'm not trying to say that all celebrities are assholes. I'm just saying (laughs) that there's a lot of like asshole tendencies that happen when you have a certain status that is, I mean, I feel like it's normal to that for that to happen. Um, Anyway, so if we take, so talking about the whole controlling narrative thing, if you take that whole story about Van Halen not wanting brown M&Ms, if that wasn't a reality show that was controlled by the people that control the band or that handle the band or the band themselves, you can add in a narrative of why they hate the color brown and you can go into depth about why and you can have this whole humanistic thing and people are like, oh, okay, he doesn't like it because of his childhood or whatever. But a parody shows you just how stupid it is, like bare bones, how dumb it is to have another human being pick out brown M&Ms just because you asked them to. And just because you're a celebrity that they have to listen to you. They look like deer shit and I don't like that. Yeah, for whatever (laughs) reason, I mean, they can give like some of a somewhat of a explanation, you know, or in Spinal Tap, I guess you could have that explanation of like, oh, maybe he's just having a bad day, but just fucking eat the sandwich. Like, how hard is that? You know, like everybody has a bad day. So I, that's what a parody does well. And it kind of calls you out where you're like, like, uh, like I'll call myself out where we have, I have valet trash. I think I've complained about this before. Oh my gosh. But, (laughs) But basically valet trash is you just like leave it outside and they take it for you. And so I put it out on Thursday night and Friday morning, it was still there. And I was like, what is happening? I have to take my own trash 
to the dumpster and I was pissed about it. And then I watched this movie and I was like, oh, I'm an asshole. <laughs> like something like who cares? I could take with my trash myself. <laughs> so anyways, like that, I think that's a good thing that mockumentaries do. Um, and I've gone on this rant so much, but I love this. Or So I love this movie for many reasons. And one of them is brought up a rant that I go on all the time. Um, but it's basically just about how, oh, sorry, a commentary about how celebrity is ridiculous and what an illusion it is. Mm-hmm. And this movie just exposes the pyrotechnics that, I mean, literally go into creating this illusion and I guess figuratively too. And what happens when all of those malfunction, because I don't think we set the scene, but for Spinal Tap, this isn't just a band that we're following. It's a band that hadn't been on tour for like six years, I think they said. And they're Something going like back that. on tour. And so they're not like at their peak. They're they're kind of at their decline. And so in my eyes, there's two reasons that musicians don't like to watch this movie or they quote unquote weep when they watch this movie. And it's because one, it exposes them as real flawed people, which I don't think a lot of them are used to. And two, it's inevitable. So for the first one, celebrity is is such a fascinating subject to me because it's something that only exists if we, as in like me and you and people listening, allow it to. Mm-hmm. So that's why I call it an, an illusion. So I don't know if this, I don't know if this, um, I guess, exp- not explanation, but if this like example works, but it might be a fun thing for you to like to cut into the analysis. So I'm going to include it. So imagine you walk into a grocery store and you see a man pick up a case of beer and it, he immediately drops it and the glass shatters everywhere. So you go and help that man, you get an employee, you get him napkins to clean himself up. Okay. So you do all that. You help him out. That man is Tom Hanks. (laughs) Okay. But at that moment, you can decide if that's just a man that you helped out in a store that one time, or if that's celebrity Tom Hanks, it's all in your head. So he can, I mean, he can still be an actor and he can be an actor that you recognize, but he doesn't have to be a celebrity. That decision is true. The decision in choosing to see him as his most simple self is what Spinal Tap is doing for you. So to see him in a human moment of him dropping beer, embarrassing himself. I mean, I tried to pick like one of the most embarrassing things that can happen in a grocery store and dropping something and breaking something is so Mm. humiliating. So what Spinal Tap does is it strips, it does what this act does. It, this is just a, a clumsy man that drops something until you realize who it is. But Spinal Tap strips this celebrity illusion from a band, from a yeah. rising and falling band. And it's showing you that they're just a guy with a really annoying girlfriend, a guy that sticks cucumbers in his pants, or <laughs> a zucchini, um, and then a guy that has a guitar that you can't touch or look at. You know, like it's... It, it breaks them down into these most simple parts. Yeah. And you can do that yourself. I mean, what stops you from seeing a famous person, but not even recognizing, like, I guess the whole perceiving stuff, but not recognizing that's a famous person. That can just be somebody. I mean, it's like what, seeing your dentist. You know your dentist's name, but he's not a celebrity because of that. Right. You know what he looks like, but he's not a celebrity because you know what he looks like. So that's the whole, that's like, I mean, I know it's not going to happen because it takes like a group effort to just not recognize somebody as being a celebrity. <laughs> but like, that's the like weird thing to me is that people, is that we decide who gets status like that or not. And then at the same moment, we decide if they're, if they, we get to take it away from them. Because I mean, the only reason that they're 
like so we see them in their decline and the only reason that they have to perform on a military base is because people are choosing not to see them yeah so that's what i mean by like celebrities and illusion that we fuel so we can take it away yeah um and it can be at the individual level or it can be at a very like a group level like i guess that goes into like canceling that one going to that but you know what i mean like yeah and the next part sorry that's like a whole rant but the next part is inevitability so we see this band in their in their decline like i said we see them go from sold out shows to performing on tv to to then performing jazz after a puppet show yeah so <laughs> and, sad and i think i mean i think that the celebrity part of it of like of musicians being reminded that it can go at any moment because people can decide people's attention is very fickle so they can decide if you're not relevant enough or not but this is the same thing of a lot of bands end up like this and that is scary to see that come like to, to see that in a movie form and to be realized like your, your worst fear to happen. Right. So, yeah. So I, I think that's a big part of the truth that this movie brings, but I also want to like, I guess the light part of it is that overall the best and sweetest truth that this movie exposes is friendship and creative partnership and how those things work in tandem. So through all the dumb fights and setbacks, they do sem- they do seem to be like genuinely good guys. I mean, I'm not going to say all celebrities are like this, but yeah. these guys just seem, they just seem kind of dumb, oh, but yeah. like, like dumb. really sweet dummies, you know? Um, but they, and they also seem like genuinely good friends because they listen to each other. They, you know, they, they bicker, but it's not anything that's like out of malice unless it's pointed at the girlfriend. But, um, I was surprised, like it, it they built this so well and so, um, seamlessly. I feel like I've used this word every time, every podcast, but they do this so, um, it's like they do this. It's like a, another, I guess, bringing in the magic trick thing they do this without us even noticing that they're doing it because you don't even realize how much you value this friendship until Until it's it's taken away yeah Yeah. so i was surprised how heartbroken i was when nigel walked out on them um but it felt like it did feel like something he had to do and that's another thing where i was like this would be so ridiculous but i care about these people so much (laughs) (laughs) because i was like yeah he had to do that he had to walk away. I think he, he, that was better than him trying to sabotage it from the inside. You know, he, he did right by himself. That's all exactly. he needed to do. But also I think right by his band, because sometimes yeah. you do have to take a break. Sometimes there's a partnership you have, or there's, or I guess it, maybe I'm talking about this because it reminds me of like the shift that we made to a new format. There's sometimes where maybe people will be upset. Maybe somebody's going to be mad that like we sh- we did we're doing something different but like that's something that we needed to do and at the end of the day it's their band and they're making the music at the end of the day this is our podcast and we're making this podcast yeah, um, and it, yeah. it was interesting because like that conversation that they had after nigel left too yeah where they had so many opportunities like they were really excited it reminded me a lot of the conversation that we had off air yeah. when we were deciding on the the next steps or the, the the change of the format like oh we can we can talk about this or we can this opens up so many possibilities for us yeah and i mean what i love about that conversation too is that it's not really mentioning i mean it they do mention wanting to like obviously do bigger shows but it's not because they want more fame or more money it's because they want people to enjoy their music and they want mm-hmm. more people to listen to their music and i think that's 
another, I guess, another commentary on celebrity is that that that's that shouldn't be a part of what you're trying to do. You should try to make good music. You should try to make music for people that that like you and that are fans of you. But it shouldn't like for me and you, I would be worried if we were like, I mean, I know you said you want sponsors, which I agree to, because we, like you said, you wanted the, you want this podcast to be self-sustaining, but we don't, our, our goal should never be, oh, we want to be the, like the, the biggest podcast yeah. in the world. Cause what's yeah. the biggest podcast in the world? Joe Rogan. I don't want to be that guy, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and nobody, okay. So nobody is as surprised as I am that all I got like I got all of that, uh, everything that I just talked about from a movie about a rock band, a silly little movie about a rock band. But I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. I hope that celebrity thing made sense. If it didn't, whatever. No, it did. That's my theory. But yeah. It, it kind of ties really well into my last point, <laughs> which is, is maintaining relevance as an artist, which you kind of talked about. Oh, yeah. But. I feel like I aspire to become an artist, not, not, not so much a musical artist. Mm-hmm. want to make movies. Um, and it's something I think about often. Well, one gaining relevance because I don't really have any, but like maintaining it. I feel like it's so difficult. Yeah. Like you said, because the public has such a short attention span, especially with phones nowadays, you know, just <laughs> instant everything. Kids nowadays. But just how do you how do you maintain that? It's just so interesting. Like, do I even want that? Is that something I even need to necessarily be successful? Well, that's a question too. The question too, or at least another another question I'm thinking of is is how do you maintain relevance without it poisoning your art? Because that's kind of it feels like what happened to this in this movie but also what happened for like pop star is it's not because he got bad i mean i think it's not because he got bad at what he did it's because he listened to other people too much because he wasn't listening to the people in in his life that cared about him right the people like like in this movie where they didn't their manager he you could tell he genuinely cared about them oh yeah and they they weren't listening to him and yeah because they were just so concerned about like you said, wanting to maintain that fame. And I think that's what happens a lot. And that's why a lot of people do what they do. That's why, I mean, I don't want to put this on Zac Efron, but to bring him back, that's, I mean, that might be why he did what he did because people comment so much on his face and how handsome he is that he feels like he needs to maintain a certain beauty level for people to care about him. And that's toxic, you know, like there's at a certain point, like, where is it too much? Exactly. Very good question. I don't know if I'll ever have an answer, <laughs> but that's yeah. that's all I got. I, I thought this this movie is great. Very funny. Very very funny. All right. I'm good to move on to the next thing because I also realized the pause was because I was panicking that I didn't pick somebody <laughs> for my movie. Well, so I'll go right first. Now. I'll wait, say wait, who don't I picked. Do it. Don't do it yet. Because let me write it down first. Well, let me explain what the game is. So we we play a family tree game. If you guys are familiar with uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, you already know how to play this game. Essentially, I'll pick a movie from the one that I... I'll pick pick an actor um, from the movie that I picked. Levy will do the same for the movie she picked. We try to connect them with the least amount of degrees 
whoever wins, uh, the loser has to watch a movie that the winner picks. I don't know if I'll win this one. Um, So I picked Simon Pegg. Okay. I picked Christopher Guest. (laughs) Who is that? (laughs) Who who is that? Good luck to you then. (laughs) Christopher Guest, you say? Guest. Guest. Like, be my guest. Can you, at the very least, tell me who he played in this movie? No, no, I'm kidding. Um, I think he was Nigel. Okay. Five minutes on the clock. Let's go. Alrighty. I think (laughs) this is the most unsure I've been about one, so you might have to double check, like, all of these. (laughs) Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll follow along. All right. Christopher Guest is in The Princess Bride with Robin Wright. Okay. Is he? Oh, let me. uh, Christopher Guest. In The Princess Bride with whom? Oh, I know Robin Wright's in The Princess Bride. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Robin Wright is in Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot. I know is that's she? correct. Okay. Um, Gal Gadot is in Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, 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 yeah. With Chris Pine. Yes. Chris Pine is in Star Trek with Simon Pegg. Star Trek. What, though? I think it's just Star Trek, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. I know there's another one, but the first one, Star Trek. Is, he, is Simon Pegg in the first one? Let me make sure. I don't see his name. God damn it. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's there. Okay. He was just a little lower. Fair right, enough. So I did it in four. I hopefully did it in one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't do research <laughs> as much as I should have. Okay. <clears throat> so, Simon Pegg, I believe, is in Star Wars Episode 7 The Force Awakens. Yeah, he is. And hopefully, Christopher Guest is in that. In what? Star Wars Episode 7 The Force Awakens. Why would you think he was in that? Who? Christopher Guest. Uh, I don't know. Because I, I don't know. I don't know who Christopher Guest is in. Well, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to say that I might have lost. Yeah, I think so. Damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. I mean, I guess a good guess. Not really. But... <laughs> okay, I want to make you watch this movie just because <laughs> I forgot that it exists. But you have to watch X-Men Dark Phoenix. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> now that's that's a penance right there. <laughs> it's just funny to make you watch a movie that I don't have to watch. <laughs> like there's no way I'm watching that movie ever again. There's one scene that I remember being funny where they're like in a hotel or something. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch that. Uh, gross. All right. Okay. What are we watching next time? Next time we I've been wanting to rewatch this. <clears throat> we. We'll be watching Moonrise Kingdom. Okay. On uh Prime. Do you not know what it is? 
I think I, I thought it was the Grand Budapest Hotel for a second, but now I remember. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Classic yep. Wes Anderson right there. It's actually the name of my uh, Animal Crossing Island, Moonrise. Not Shout Moonrise out. Kingdom? It's, it was too long. Mm. I don't remember what mine was. God, I haven't been there in so long. Everybody's yeah, shout that. out. I saw this, you know, those. <laughs> shout uh, out to my city. <laughs> shout out to my villagers, man. I'll be back soon. <laughs> Have you seen that? Uh, those that, that new meme where it's like it'll be a logo of something or a picture of something and it'll have like brackets and be like your thoughts during it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, wow, a new Animal Crossing game. Uh, I have a hundred million bells. I haven't visited my villagers in eight months. <laughs> that was perfect. God, I can't remember the last time. I haven't even touched my Switch in so long. And I wanted so badly to get one. Why? <laughs> Disappointing. I don't know. I just need to find new games, I guess. I don't know. I'll be playing. There's a Pac-Man 99. Like Tetris. I played it once and died immediately. Oh. And I just didn't pick it back Tetris. up. I was getting good at that and then it stopped. Yeah. Oh well. Well, watch Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, watch Moonrise Kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) Say what you had to say, bro. Say what you had to say. (laughs) It's just you better. Because you don't want to move on from the switch. What do you want? (laughs) Just keep going. Take three. Watch Moonrise Kingdom on Amazon Prime. Watch Anti Social Distance at antisocialdistance.com. Watch our video essay on Shaun of the Dead. And have a good day.